The Lobster is a 2015 absurdist dystopian black comedy film directed, co-written, and co-produced by Yorgos Lanthimos, co-produced by C.C. Dempsey, Ed Guinea, and Lee Magaday, and co-written by Ephthemus Philippou. In the film setting, <laughs> single people are given 45 days to find a romantic partner or otherwise be turned into animals. It stars Colin Farrell as a newly single man trying to find someone so he can remain human, and Rachel Wise as a woman with, with whom he attempts to form a relationship. The film is a co-production by Ireland, United Kingdom, Greece, France, and the Netherlands. Is that it? That was the intro? The Lobster. Feels like... Hey, this is Aaron. Hey, and guys, it's Jared, and welcome to the Soda Society Podcast. It's me, Josh. Sip, sip, sip. Sip, sip, sip. Thanks for joining us, and bye. <laughs> you thought about what animals you want to be if you don't make it? A lobster. That was the intro? That was the intro. I think that I think it's a very good encapsulation of the film. He was just reading off the IMDb. I was reading off Wikipedia. Oh, I hate <laughs> you. I hate you. That's... That is the film, though, but the, the name of one of the... Which one did not sound right? Uh, you just Ethemis Philippou. Yeah, yeah. I'm reading it. That That's it looks. his actual name. <laughs> so I don't know how I feel about that. About the Wikipedia article. About you. <laughs> <laughs> well, after after a brief hiatus, we're back with Aaron Miller. Hello, I'm back, and welcome to Soda Society. I just landed from Florida. He's hot off the plane. Hot off the plane. He has a nice spray tan. I have a nice spray tan. Uh, yes, uh, it was sunny in Florida. It was beautiful. Was it <laughs> in the winter? <laughs> in the winter, yeah. it was surprisingly very hot. It got up to like 85 most of the days. Oh, that's that's sort of nice. Yeah. Though. I, I don't know. It was, it was okay. You don't like the heat. I don't like Florida heat. Uh, Florida it's very heat's humid. It's so humid. Aaron Miller is here, and we're here with our guest host, Allison Doe. I'm filling in for the wonderful Jared Lindsay, who yeah. is out this week. Thank, thank goodness. Jared's in North Carolina. Uh, what's he doing there? I honestly don't know. Isn't he visiting friends? He's visiting. I think he's visiting friends, old professors and whatnot. That's good. Riding around in the back of, uh, of of trucks. Yeah, in the back of trucks. Listening to some Leonard Skinner. <laughs> that's all right. That's the life he lives. <laughs> he just want to move past this point. <laughs> A little bit. We little don't want to imagine Jared's country life. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Jared ever wears overalls when he's in North Carolina? Oh, I, I God, I hope so. I'm wearing really overalls so. right now. Yeah. I'm in Southern California. Well, yeah, but work that's it. like a hipster type thing. Yeah, and you do yeah, work it. Yeah. But like, I'm imagining Jared, Jared in like, with overalls. overalls, a flannel t-shirt. And just a piece of hay in his mouth. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I could see that, though. Me too. Like, I think he could like embody that. He could pull yeah. off the farmer. Yeah, I think he could embody it. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm like, if Jared's a farmer, I feel like he'd be a very violent farmer. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? Oh, I don't know yeah. why. I'm just really? like, yeah, he's, I, like, I don't I, think so. He has a straw hat. You know, he's like on the porch, and then like we visit him. We look normal, like, <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, ooh, he he's like doing these weird like Jared voices. And then, I'm like, sorry, what? Ooh, ooh, hey there, little bar, little partners. 
Yeah, he's polishing his gun. Yeah. Oh my god. And then like he does a bit with Aaron, but it gets like surprisingly violent, and like he like chases <laughs> you into the cornfield. Yeah, with with a like a pitchfork. With a pitchfork. That we just saw him sharpening. Yeah, and then and then, and then it's like one of those like classic chases, and then like you hide inside of the scarecrow, like you're the scarecrow. <laughs> okay. Anyways, this is just a weird farce bit waiting to happen it is it is it will happen i actually yeah. have a weird farce bit to tell you guys about Whoa. later okay but later it's i guess it has nothing to do with farmers jared Lindsay, or the podcast okay so. dang it <laughs> um so i was gonna say the oscars are soon we're recording this before oh, the yeah, oscars. yeah so if, if we want to talk anything about the oscars this is this is your space you guys see we, we we went through a, a good amount last podcast but this is your space for your hot takes and predictions and whatnot. I think I, I'm excited to see the Oscars. I think, um, I mean, like, I, I don't remember who I was talking to about nominations. I actually think it was Jared. Yeah, yeah, it was Jared. It was Jared. Um, we were we were both like, oh, sorry to bother you could have been nominated. I agree. I, like, I, I really liked that movie. But, I mean, I think because of, like, kind of how, like, direct it was in its message... I think, you know, if you didn't kind of share or kind of feel or understand that viewpoint as much or, like, you didn't agree with it, then, like, you wouldn't really want to nominate that film. So I guess, like, maybe there was controversy in that sense. So maybe that's why it was nominated. It, it's, like, it's 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 a sad fact that the Oscars are always, like, these political Yeah, exactly. Kind of yeah. Um, and I actually, I, I still need to see Bohemian Rhapsody. So I, I can't really You're say You're friends anything. with Emmy Sukata. How have you not seen Okay, Bohemian she Rhapsody? asked me to see it a couple times. She saw it like five times. Yeah, I, I read the tweet. She, she texted me like like the last couple times she saw it. And she's like, you got to see this movie. But I was still in school at the time. So uh, I didn't. I couldn't go. And when she would ask me, I think I would be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm busy. I, I can't go. And she's mm. like, she would text me later that night. And be like, I saw it again. <laughs> I'd be like, wait. She's like, I was. I don't know. I I gotta see that. But I <laughs> I I did see Black Panther the other day. Uh-huh. Um, it was fun. I never freeze. Big production value. I I really think if Bill Street could talk, should have been nominated for a lot more. For a lot more. Like it yeah. got nominated for screenplay, which I think it should have. Or adapted screenplay. Yes, I think it should have. But um. I think I think it could have been nominated for a lot more as well. Um, I agree. But the favorites up there, which is directed by the same man that we're we're gonna be talking about. You you, you rather soon. like Yorgos, right? I do I do like his work. We'll get more into it when we okay. talk about the film. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna turn. Yeah. This, I'm gonna want to ask Aaron. Yeah, your, Aaron. Your Oscar thoughts. My Oscar thoughts. Um, fuck the Oscars, I right, bro? Fuck the Oscars. Fuck the Oscars. I don't know. Yeah, bro. I didn't look at the nominations at all. Uh-huh. Um, I know from what you guys said last week um, that Black Panthers... I know, like, the the, the best picture ones. Oh, okay. Um, I think if Black Panther wins, that's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, and I think the same thing for Incredibles 2. I agree. Um, because... I really like how the only thing you're, like, you're informed <laughs> about are the two categories that we talked about yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> yeah um talk about millennials this self-fulfilling like info loop that <laughs> <laughs> but mm-hmm. like the other it doesn't a lot of stuff doesn't make sense with this these ceremonies yeah but yeah but um i don't know what eighth grade got nominated for 
do you know off the top oh of your head? Oh God, I don't think a lot. I don't. But it might have been screenplay, yeah. but I could be very, very wrong. I, I don't know. I feel like eighth grade deserves a lot. Um, I don't know what it got nominated for, but I think it deserves more than what it got nominated for. Um, just because it was so good, it was like a fresh new thing. Mm-hmm. And then, like you have Black Panther, which is just another superhero movie with sort of a socially conscious message yeah and somehow that's best picture material um i think i i, I didn't say this last time but i, I wanted um ethan hawk for first reform to be nominated mm, mm, yeah. mm, mm, mm. i like I, I like the hawk man the hawk man, the hawk man. <laughs> i don't think eighth grade got nominated for any oscars really yeah that's garbage then it's it garbo got, it should have gotten screenplay at least no that's unfortunate no, this is really yeah mm, i don't think so it was a good movie it yeah. was yeah the oscars are canceled in my book the oscars have always been canceled to me <laughs> true after they after what they did to sufjan stevens what they do to sufjan uh, he just didn't win oh huh. <laughs> actually no that was a really good category and i'm happy that coco won for best oh, yeah, yeah. yeah coco's so great yeah we love coco here like you you can get angry that Sufjan didn't win, but you can't get angry that Coco won. Yeah. You know what I mean? Coco is still like, it, it won a lot, but still underrated in my book. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Aaron. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're talking about the lobster, the lobster. And you chose this week for, for soda. Oh, for soda this week, I chose ginger ale Yay. by Bruce Cost, Bruce unfiltered. Cost. Nice. This is... My favorite ginger ale. Really? Ginger ale is something I started drinking I love ginger in the ale. past like six months and has very quickly worked its way up to number two spot for favorite drink. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's incredible. And this is my favorite ginger ale. A lot of ginger ales are uh-huh. too spicy. They wow. like sit in your throat and they hurt and it's weird. This is the perfect balance between sweet and spicy, in my opinion. Interesting. It's Interesting. amazing. Um, it says to shake gently what because separation is natural so what i do is i just spin it around in a circle a couple times very slowly you know <laughs> i love this just so to much. get this stuff just to get the, the blood flowing is this the one you got at sprouts yeah i'll take a shout out to sprouts shout out to sprouts i need a i'll get video of you doing this just recreating this moment okay <laughs> i right, will post okay. it on the insta gonna open it up there's 37 grams of sugar in one can. Holy Christ, Aaron. So we Jesus. have to drink two of these. Are right? you? Oh my gosh. Allison, welcome to the society. I do not think I've ever put that much sugar in my body in That's one day. That's like a normal amount like, of soda sugar. Ever. Though. Coke has more. Oh, that's nice. nice. When you open it up, take a whiff of it. Ooh, that oh, ginger baby. is really nice. Oh, baby. Oh, oh baby. Oh, oh, Yikes. Oh, God. Please, please don't do that. <laughs> Anyways, anything um, else of note that you guys have seen recently? Oh, in Florida, I saw Muppet Vision 3D. Nice. Uh, give us a rundown. Uh, it's, you have one minute. Uh, it's the Muppets. They uh, do a 3D show because they're trying to show off 3D effects. Um, it's really good, actually. Uh, little known fact, uh, before Jim Henson passed away, the plan was to have a Muppet land in Florida in Hollywood Studios. Oh, man. Um, that would have been great. Yeah. And then they he passed away, but they still like did everything. Wow. But it wasn't a full land. It was just the Muppet Vision and then a restaurant and a store. But it's still great. It makes Hollywood Studios worth going to. So if you're ever in the, Florida, check it out. Mm. 
if you're ever in Florida, for all of our Florida listeners. Oh, yeah. It's a huge base down in Florida. <laughs> Allison, give me your um, first impressions of this soda. Okay, so here's the thing. I can't <laughs> smell or taste oh, like man. most things right now. And I can taste... So what I... I can't smell it. Um, what does it smell like? Gingery? Ginger. Very gingery. <laughs> okay, I can't smell it, but um, the... Oh, wait. They have... I, I, I'm recovering from the flu, which is why I can't smell or taste anything. I kind of need... Maybe it needed some context there. Um, <laughs> but in terms of taste... I can taste the ginger, which is nice. So it, 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 it's it doesn't, very gingery. It's very gingery, and I can taste a little bit of fizziness, and and it's sweet. Mm-hmm. That that's what I taste. It's like a nice like. That's so interesting that you say like it doesn't like really burn you. I get more of the ginger kind of burn from this. Oh really? Really? And I like that. It's very mm-hmm. gingery. It's it's incredibly gingery, but very sweet as well. Yeah, it is quite sweet. Like it tastes like a ginger candy to me. Yeah. 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 I just I like it because. Other ginger ales I've had, like, are sometimes just not pleasant. <laughs> I feel you. I, I do like a nice kind of to dry. I'll be honest. I, I me too yeah. actually. But this is good. But this this is, is nice. Yeah, yeah. it's nice. It's, it's nice. I like how gingery it is. Mm-hmm. So good job, Aaron. Thank you. Nice. Good job. So I picked it because mm-hmm. ginger ale is spicy <laughs> and sweet and sweet, just like, like... the film The Lobster. Oh okay. okay. Well, I need to admit something yeah. on the podcast yes. right now for all of our listeners. I wasn't able to watch the lobster this <gasps> go around, but I watched it like a year ago. Dun, dun, dun. I was not, I, I didn't like really proportion my time out right. So, but I did like watch a couple scenes on YouTube that I really enjoyed from the last time. So that's the knowledge I'm going to bring. And I'm also going to just contribute to the podcast by reading our very first ever oh. fizz feed um <clears throat> our very first fizz feed um email so you can send us your thoughts on any of the movies we talk about at fizzfeedsoda at gmail.com or just tweet at us at so society but uh, so to say society pod but uh, <laughs> um i want to read this at the top of the show because i think there's a lot to talk about yeah, it'll facilitate email. a lot of what i want to talk about anyway this is from drew uh, one of Jared's friends, supposedly. <laughs> like, Jared has friends besides us. Oh, yikes. Yikes. Guys, I don't want to talk about the lobster. I wanted to forget about the lobster, but here I am talking about the lobster. I remember it like it was yesterday. I have Crohn's disease and get an infusion every six weeks. This involves sitting in chair for three hours and... Oh my god, oh, I need to zoom out. <laughs> this is all sitting in a chair for three hours doing nothing, so naturally, I watch movies. On this particular infusion, I had downloaded The Lobster the night before in hopes of a quirky and unique story. Instead, what I received in return for my $3.99 iTunes rental was utter and complete disappointment. Jesus Christ. The, m- oh, man. the movie is a mess, let's just say that. There are no charming moments, nothing romantic, nothing cute to say the least. I actually like the Colin Farrell. I think he has shown to be he has shown he is a great actor. In this movie, he did nothing but come off as a guy who was going through a table read for the first time. I think he raised an eyebrow once in the latter scenes and I was shook by the amount of emotion he was showing. I like Rachel Wise a lot. 
However, in this movie, I think John C. Riley had more sex appeal. Jesus Christ. Interesting. Fellas, I'm telling you, halfway through the movie, I wanted to turn it off and sit there doing nothing for the rest of my infusion time. I was embarrassed, nay, ashamed when the nurse asked me what I was watching, and I let out a soft and pathetic, the lobster, <laughs> before she checked my vitals, and I assume went and told the other nurses what a lame I was for choosing to watch the lobster. That was my piece for your consideration, <laughs> Drew. All right, Drew. Um, uh, before we tear into your email. Like tearing into a nice lobster. Nothing um, oh, we say is personal. We're not attacking you. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you for sending thank, in your yeah, thoughts. Thank you yeah, thank you for no, sending your thoughts. Very, like, honestly, very, that, like, valid. Yeah. yeah. Valid, valid thoughts and, like, definitely see where you're coming from with all of that. We just so, disagree. With almost everything. <laughs> Just say it, Allison. Yeah, you disagree. I, I personally don't agree with your sentiments. But but, but we'll try to ex- explain def- where, how you're wrong. No, 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 no. no. That, I, I won't do that. Maybe, maybe, maybe they will. But um, We'll explain our viewpoint. We'll also explain our viewpoint. And hopefully we can facilitate this discussion with that, you so, that you started for us, yeah. which is great. Well, what I want to say about Yorgos is like it's really interesting his, his, his come up in the U.S., right? Yeah. yeah, because he's he's this very like European guy with a very Euros- European like sense of humor and like that kind of deadpan. Yeah, like, definitely those like and satire and like those sensibilities. Yet, like he's you know, and like rightfully so, he uses a lot of American actors and thus has like that international appeal, which I'm. It's very intriguing to me because rarely do you see a lot of European directors make that like crossover, and he's done it countless times. Yes, yeah. he has to the point where the favorite is nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. It's very, like, it seems... You've seen the most Yorgos films, I'm pretty sure, out of all of us. I don't know if I've seen the most. I've seen, I've seen like, four. Aaron, have, have you seen Dogtooth? No, I only saw Lobster and Sacred Deer. I didn't see even Sacred Deer. I just saw the Lobster. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I saw Sacred Deer and Dogtooth. Um, and The Favorite. And The Favorite. Um, and this one. Um, but I, I, I'd say his style, I mean, I would, I don't want to speak for him, but what I've seen across his pieces is that he seems to take kind of like a rudimentary idea and then like, like turn the dial up times a hundred, attach another dial onto it and then turn that up too. So it becomes in many senses, extremely satirical Mm -hmm. and to the point where it can be very kind of even demented. Um, yeah, yeah. like a kind of just like a common like like I mean like for the one that we're gonna dive into momentarily the lobster it's about you know finding love and that is on the basis of very like kind of s- simple concept in theory but um, wicked thoughts about love but wicked thoughts about love and like what happens about like oh, what if I don't find love and you know people of the youth and as they get older in hard relationship times like do have these thoughts but he kind of takes this and turns it up to like kind of a life-threatening situation yeah yeah so and he does that in his other movies too like he does that kind of thing in dog tooth mm-hmm. um and, and and just to talk about like his visual style i think it's like really special because mm-hmm. you get a lot more of these like kind of like colder like sort of greener tones from like a lot of his films mm-hmm. and he reminds me of like kubrick in a lot of senses of like using like these like really big wide shots and like yeah. really composed and like mm-hmm. you know being very like 
methodical and using like pan like move-ins and move-outs mm-hmm. in, in a very like in, in that kind of sense that reminds me of stanley kubrick a lot so mm. i think he's a very like adept filmmaker mm-hmm. and yeah and do you have any thoughts about um, your gross so the biggest thing i notice about your because i've only seen lobster and sacred deer mm-hmm. and they have the same acting style same um colors yeah. um and i the thing that i always latch on to when i'm like watching these movies is the acting um because it's so dry it's so it feels like they're the actors aren't even it feels like they are at a table read but that's Mm -hmm. i feel is the point there's Um, purpose behind it. yeah there's purpose behind it because he wouldn't get colin farrell rachel wise john c Riley, all these famous big names um why do you think he employs this kind of style i think um so what Allison mentioned is it's satire, or what we have mentioned is satire. I don't. So way back in high school, mm-hmm. we I think in a Spanish class or something we were looking at like Spanish artists or whatever. Picasso. Picasso. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one of them like Picasso. He, hey, hey, Aaron, it's a Picasso. <laughs> one of them, his like trademark style was to paint like he painted aristocrats. Yes. But his trademark style was to um, paint them as, like, obese, even uh, if they weren't yeah. in real life. And, like, it was a satire on the aristoc- arist- aristocracy, aristocracy because, you know, they're fat cats. They're living off of other people's money, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, like, all his paintings were of obese people. Um, and I think that's the same thing that Yorgos is doing. He's employing this sort of signature trademark thing it's like i'm making fun of people and on the way they talk to each other because i don't he's trying to say something about interpersonal relationships and stuff um so i'm gonna make them talk very dryly they don't really show emotion very often and that's my message it creates a very like very interesting effect of it characters yeah, yeah and it like highlights when you do see emotion from them yeah it, it like it sort of breaks through it's like it's a common complaint I see like about like someone like Wes Anderson, mm-hmm. who's also very dry in how he presents his characters mm-hmm. and his stories too. And people often just see them as more style over substance, which they are in some cases. But I think certain films like there's definitely like an emotional through line that's yeah. very hidden underneath like a style of acting that's employed. And I think that's mm-hmm. the same case for Yorgos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what do you have anything to say about the acting? The acting, um. I I I agree with Aaron's sentiment. I think it's 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 very much it it definitely if you've never seen I, I don't, we keep addressing him by his first name as if we know him and it makes we me know Yorgos. He's an old friend of ours. Yorgos, Quentin, Stanley, my best friends, <laughs> my best West. Um, but it. It does strike one as odd the mm-hmm. first time they experience a, f- a film of his because that's probably the first thing they're struck with yeah. this yeah. kind of um, acting or interaction that doesn't seem real. But like Aaron was saying, like that, as he, he was saying about how it speaks to like interpersonal relationships, like it it could be playing on that, like just as Aaron said. I think for a lot of like Western media or especially American stuff, you expect realism. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And and I think like to for someone to just so boldly say like no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no that, you know it, it takes a lot of balls and 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 it's like really infectious with like 
you know, and I think that's how like he sort of distinguishes himself in this like art house scene. I, yeah, I want to say something really pretentious. Oh, for but... sure, do it. <laughs> Um, I think we're doing a hot take. Hot take. I think modern culture in America, at least, you brought out the c word, is very absurd. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we have people who are staring at their little telephone screens twenty four seven. Zombies. Like, I feel like some people would think it's absurd that grown men go see superhero movies. Um, the fact that so many superhero movies come out every single year. The consumer culture itself is just absurd, but for some reason, absurdism is like frowned upon it by is. most by the general public in in art. Like you're not wrong. Like uh, my dad told me when Birdman came out, mm-hmm. like I was so in love with Birdman, and then my dad was like, "Oh, I was talking to my coworkers about Birdman, and one of them was like, that was such a waste of time, a waste of twelve dollars.'" And I was just like, "What?" Because the ending of it is he flies away because he's it's absurd it's a, it's not real it's a movie, and then like people like do the same thing with like the lobster or killing a sacred deer stuff like that it's like they it's they, like people pay a, a certain amount of money like he sort of mentioned I paid three ninety nine for this iTunes rental yeah yeah and, and I think when you have that kind of money especially with Americans <laughs> <laughs> you really expect something like out of that money and like anything that's like sort of past your expectations you know it's usually not a good good thing yeah the the interesting thing is though because yeah in birdman he like he flies away but like when you said that the first the first thing i connected that to was greece and with the flying car they fly away in a car after what's her name sandy changes herself this is a fucked up movie for for danny zuko for danny zuko and people love this 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 musical people love the greece people love greece um we had friends in greece like andrew yeah, like john travolta was oh greece. he like, was yeah wow. he did productions of our greece, old friend like, john travolta yeah our, our old, old friend john. john travolta um so i don't know it it, it I guess musicals can be considered absurd too, but like that absurdism appeals to people. Yeah, it's like absurdism is allowed in certain realms. Yeah. But if you're gonna watch, if you're going to the movie theater to watch a drama, there cannot be any absurd. No, notions. no, no, no. No fan- fantastical things in it. <laughs> but if you're watching yeah. Grease, a car can fly. You know, it's cool. Yes. <laughs> Makes me angry, you guys. I'm I, so upset. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. I feel you, you dude. I feel I, you. I feel like, you. Yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just get into the story of the lobster. It's yeah. it's it's set in this like dystopian world. <sighs> Dystopian's also one of those like keywords that people are like, ugh. <laughs> you know, but it is a dystopian it world, is literally. A dystopian. It yeah. starts off with that like amazing long shot of that woman like um driving her car and then she shoots what was it? It was, it was a, a donkey. Donkey. There you go. I was gonna say mule, but or a mule, yeah. Same. <laughs> Are they the same? I don't know. Um, and and that just sort of tells you about like the kind of world and like how, it is absurd that she's just killing his animal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It like I, I remember the first few times I watched it, I was like, why? Yeah. I, I. It says I think something about violence. Like violence in this film is like a recurring sort of theme. Y'all picked a really like smart movie. I'll be honest, and I'm a dumb fuck. <laughs> Thank God we have Allison here. Allison's smart. But uh, wait, who picked this movie? I did. Nice. Yeah. Uh, 
let me just say that the whole genesis of this seemed to be from Hugo. Because I heard about this movie from Hugo. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you told and me about it. And then I told it. you about it. Hugo is my father. <laughs> <laughs> He's a complete cinephile. I love Hugo. Much, Hugo is Much smarter man than I am. Um, very well versed in movies. He should be on this podcast sometime. Um, that would Maybe. be that'd be very odd. But um, but yeah, it's they go into this hotel. You have 45 days to find like a mate, basically. Yeah. And if you don't find a mate, then you uh, turn into an animal. Turn into an animal if you're choosing. Yep. Yeah. So, what are your general thoughts about the lobster watching at this like viewing? I'm just gonna ask questions because okay, you know, uh, my general thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> this is, that's what we do on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just I'm gonna say I give a big hot take. Oh, I think this film uh-huh. is one of the most complete. Use the c word. Theses fuse. Wow, complete. Packages, or it deals with love in one of the most complete ways I've ever seen in a film. Oh, that is a hot take. Yeah, mm. how do you feel about that, Allison? And I, I will explain momentarily. <laughs> I I can I can see where you're coming from with that. Like, yeah, I I I can I can see that sentiment. Yeah. Okay. Explain, Aaron. All right. So. Boom, bada, boom, bada, bing. Boom, bada, boom, bada, boom, bada, boom. <laughs> um, so, right from the start, we have... Or Colin Farrell's wife is leaving him. And he says... Well, like, his first line, I think, is... Does he wear... Does he wear glasses or contact lenses? And she's like, glasses. And then, from on your first viewing, that might mean absolutely nothing. Oh, shit. Because you're like, okay, cool we find out at the hotel is because the way you decide you are a good match for somebody is if you have a common trait you can't go out with somebody unless you find a common trait with them and you know it's ridiculous in the movie but in real life we do that we like try to find people we have commonalities with you yes. know mm-hmm. like oh you like this movie i like that movie stuff like that we're meant for each other yeah yeah exactly um and it seems okay like at first, other than it, how ridiculous it is on the screen, and then the, uh, you have the person like John who's just hurting himself to create the bloody noses, so that he can pretend to have a common trait. Um, you got stuff like that where it's just lying, and then you're like, okay, I. S-, and it's about but that shit's how- real too. It is real, yeah, because it's like, okay, I understand lying is not the, a good basis for a relationship. Yeah, and then. Colin Farrell's character finds this out because he pretends to be heartless to get with the serial killer heartless woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who oh, then no. kills his dog as a test. Kills his brother. Kills yeah. his brother as a test to see how heartless he is and then tries to murder him after yeah. after he uh, cries over it. The, <laughs> Which is one of the few like shots, shows, shows of like emotion. true emotion yeah. in the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the hotel, you, there's a bunch of everything in the hotel is geared towards you finding a lover you can't jerk off you can't this is a lot of plot Aaron. <laughs> i'll know. be i'll be honest okay i'm sorry 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 but uh, blah 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 so yeah. in the hotel, everything's then again no one watches the movies for these things so <laughs> the hotel, maybe it's better in the hotel everything is for couples in the uh-huh. 
loners, they don't want you to have a relationship. You can't have, or, or they like hurt you, basically. Yeah, they hurt you. So yeah. it's the opposite. You can't do anything in between. And this is where he meets Rachel Wise. That's where he meets Rachel Wise, and they fall in love. Because they realize they have something in common. Yeah. It's like the they're both like short-sighted. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it's cute. Their, their relationship, I think, is really well done mm-hmm. because like you see them helping each other. It's sort of like a school crush thing because she's like, if you bring me a rabbit, that'll you'll repay me for helping oh, you. Yeah. And then he brings her rabbits and then he sees somebody else bringing her rabbits. Yeah. And he's like, he goes up to her and he's like, don't let anyone else give you rabbits. I can bring you all the rabbits you need. Like, don't worry about it. And he looks, he's very much like this little kid who's stopping <laughs> over on the playground. Um, it's really cute. And then they make out and stuff. Um, but then the loner leader blinds Rachel Wise. Yeah. And then Colin Farrell. Because they find her, they find, they find Rachel Wise out. She gets yeah, like yeah. sold out by someone, right? No, they, they, they find her diary. Oh. Yeah. But so they blind her. And then at the end of the movie, Colin Farrell is about to blind himself. But it, the movie cuts right yeah. before he does it. So I think it's like it raises this question of like how far is too far? Yeah. Do you need this common trait? Do you need both need to be short sighted? And then do you both need to be blind in order for the this this relationship to work? Does both people being blind do anything for you? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like at the end, you can come out of it being like, it's your take on love, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's your take on love. Like, is he doing the right thing if if he blinds himself? Mm-hmm. Is he a coward if he doesn't? Stuff like that. Um, and then, oh there's shit. more. Oh shit! Because <laughs> post credit scene, uh, you you get Emma Stone as the favorite. Stop! <laughs> I want to make a team. <laughs> stop! We need someone of your specific skill type. <laughs> The lobster. And it's Colin, <laughs> Colin, it's Colin Farrell <laughs> as the lobster. Oh, yeah. wait. It's called the lobster because Colin Farrell's character oh, said well, that he'd want to turn into a lobster yeah, yeah, yeah. if he didn't make it in love and yeah. find a partner. Um, So I think it's really interesting that there's no in-betweens anywhere in this movie. At the beginning, Colin Farrell's like, oh, can I be bisexual at the hotel? And the hotel concierge is like, no, you can only be homosexual or heterosexual. He's like, okay, let me. I'll be heterosexual then. And then th- he's picking his shoes for the hotel, and he's like, I'm 45 and a half or whatever. And then he's the lady's like, 45 or 46. And he's like, 46. And then, uh, you what can, does that mean, Aaron? Well, I hold on one more. And then the hotel, you have to be in a relationship. In the loner in the woods, you have to be alone. Like you can't. That's true. You can't mm-hmm. experiment. You can't do all these things. Mm-hmm. Um. And, like, all this stuff is, like, I feel like what Yorgos, our friend Yorgos, is <laughs> saying is he's saying that in society it's like this yeah. in yep. real life. Because mm-hmm. you have so much pressure to get into a relationship in real mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. All the movies you watch, romanticizing love, filling it up to Calling be this you big out. thing. Mm-hmm. James Cameron. Yeah, James. <laughs> James, come on, man. Um, and then you have. Like it vilifies sort of being alone your entire mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make if you're alone, you're this crazy wacko. Mm-hmm. You're, you're the weird aunt in the family, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, For you, even like yeah, it's like experimenting or just trying different things, or mm-hmm. you know, yeah. If you're, you're fucked, if you're if you're mm-hmm. like that, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then even up until a few years ago, like being queer 
was we didn't have any media about that mm-hmm. like now you have like drag race and all this stuff that's mm-hmm. sort of like more accepting but before it was like if you're bisexual if you go back and forth like we're not even going to acknowledge you yeah. and that's where this movie's coming from it's like all these things are suppressed mm-hmm. we only have this way or you're not even a part of mm-hmm. functioning society mm-hmm and I feel like that's what Yorgos is trying to say. He's saying that society is telling you how to live your life, how mm-hmm. to love, what love is, mm-hmm. and it's not letting you figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. What was your big, What were your takeaways from like watching this film, Allison? Um, what Aaron said was probably my biggest takeaway. I, I agree with that. And s- simplifying the way you are to just kind of conform to society's ways, and like even. An interesting thing, actually, because I watched this with my dad, and we had a conversation about the ending, which is where, um, what is Colin Farrell's character? David? David, yeah. David, yeah. right? They say his name once what, in the entire right? movie. <laughs> um, like, he's about to blind himself, but this idea of, like, it was kind of assumed that he had to go blind himself. So, like, he... And you can see, like, kind of like the the struggle, kind of like the, the distraught, ad- and like he's distra- like thinking. He's thinking about it. He's not like, yeah, I'm gonna go blind myself. I'll be right back. Boom, like I'm back, <laughs> right? Like it's more like, whole okay, like, I should gag myself. And he like brings the knife really close to his eye, but he can't bring himself to like quite jab it in. And then like it cuts from there, and you don't really know if he does it. Um, so in that way of like. It it, it kind of reaches a more like a even more cynical point, I guess, of like even within a relationship itself, like are you are you're just are you also just complying to yeah. to like the other person or like it's it's not even like so even when you fulfill quote unquote society's idea of what love is like are you really even free or like yeah. you know free to be you yeah or whatever even though like they is. finally are that free and they, yeah. they're living in that middle yeah it's so hard for like colin farrell to like wrap his head around it yeah yeah like i just remember and correct me if i'm wrong like there are like right before that he does have like scenes of where it's like he finds it hard to connect to her now that they're both yeah, yeah. free and like yeah he's, near, he's nearsighted and she's just blind yeah that's another thing that. But they um, love each other. Yeah, they, they do. Well, I think it's interesting. Do they love each other. That's that's another question. It's oh, no, I don't know. I think they. They're doing. He's playing these games with her to make her feel more comfortable at being blind, like like guessing what this thing is by touching it and stuff like that. Um, and they they had developed this code and everything, and I think the code is really really cute. I think it's that like, is too. They're so. Like, before they blinded her, um, I was like, oh, this code means they're in love because they're so, like, dedicated to, like, talking to each other the way they need to that they'll create a whole new language to do it. That's true. That's true. But then when she's blind and they're playing these games, he starts running out of things to show her. He doesn't know how to talk to her. He'll He'll bring up, like, new conversation threads and then just let them die because they're not, he's not getting the thing he wants out of it. Because she's focused on learning how to be blind now. Yeah. And all these things. And then he's, like, you see him start to 
be less interested. And you see his, it going through his mind, like, is this what I want to be doing? And then he, like, a last-ditch effort to save the relationship is, let's escape, let's go to the city. Yeah. I'll find myself. That yeah. That way we can be together, that way we have something in common, that way we will function. Yeah. But, like, in real life, is love being able to constantly entertain each other? Is love being able, is having that commonality? Is that so what it is? So necessary for love. Yeah. yeah. So, I think that's important because it's this little segment in this in the film where he's, you see him second guessing it, mm-hmm. and then at the last second he just does the last ditch effort, and then you think, oh okay, they're in love, but at, you have to you can't forget that little part. Yeah, it that that is a really fair point, um, and it makes me think of like if you just look at the nature of their relationship it's because of the acting style and the dialogue that kind of develops character more in like a theater person but brechtian style where it kind of like she brought out the b word i brought out brecht um Bertolt Brecht was uh, Bertolt, my friend. <laughs> he 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 did like an alienation effect in theater, where he used theater as a kind of just a vessel to teach things about life, society, uh, using characters more as like symbols for something else, and you weren't supposed to really connect with these characters. Um, it kind of reminds me of that because you don't really, I mean, you see these people going through things, but because of the way they kind of deliver their lines and everything, they seem more like caricatures in some senses than actual people. So it's, you find, I didn't really find any, oh yes, I completely connect with any character on this. It was more of like, I was watching like, what what is the message of this? Like, what is going on with yeah, these yeah, people? Yeah. Um, which is why I brought up Brecht. Um, like, the, they're signing with each other to kind of communicate. We got, like, two or three lines of, like, what those, sim- like, signs meant. But as audience members, we don't know what that is either. So it's it's also interesting of, like, Lathamos seems to be bringing on, like, another layer of, like, it's not so much what those two are experiencing together, but also what is being perceived um, by just like just external sources and people just like looking on and seeing like, oh, are they like what we're doing right now? Are they in love? And then it's hard to say, really. Um, I mean, I, I see Aaron's argument, but I also, I don't know. It's like someone else can also make the argument of, like oh someone would do anything to to be with the person they love but i i don't think it's like simple like that at all and i would disagree with that sentiment but now i'm just rambling i'm gonna take a (laughs) sip of ginger ale i feel like this movie is prone to rambling the movie itself there's a lot of rambling in this episode baby (laughs) yeah i like those rambling hills jared's on right now no not those ones no but yeah go on your point um but like because this movie, I think the big question at the end is, is he going to blind himself? Is he not? Yes. Does mm-hmm. he love her enough to do it? Mm-hmm. But Is that even showing like, yeah. his is love? Is that showing exactly. love? Yeah. Does, it, does he love her enough to do it? But is that really what the what needs to happen? Do they? Does he need to be blind for to love her? Um, and that question is very open-ended. Like, there's no mm-hmm. final answer, I don't think, because you could go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um 
so yeah i think this whole movie just leaves everything very open lobster nice nice <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening ladies and gentlemen um we've been talking a lot about the uh, like the theme and the characters and the acting but i also wanted to just to point out the stylistic Ooh. elements of the shots especially that first time you see them go on the hunt where everything is like in slow motion yeah and they're like running out into the it, it could have been like this really gruesome and like graphic um like scene but there's like this classical greek music playing in the background and everything is slow-mo and it's just like very hauntingly i i I, it's weird for me to say this but very hauntingly beautiful huh that ain't weird in a way i think it's it's interesting because it's slow motion it has the music like it has the the makings of something beautiful and then it zooms into john john c Reilly's face you see all his little hairs going up and down as he's jumping, like his wrinkles and all his sweat stripping off. And it cuts to like other people. You see their skin just going up and down. And it's very, it's, I think it's gross and gruesome. <laughs> yeah, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like it kind of melds those two. And I think that was, that was like, I, I couldn't have seen that done in any other way. Yeah. Like, that was beautifully done. Yeah. I think. Um, but another scene that also gets me is like um, when the loners are like <laughs> when they because they dance, but they dance alone. And apparently oh, yeah, yeah. they only dance to EDM music. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Because that's the only way you can dance alone. <laughs> um, and there's just this beautiful shot of like this maid from the hotel that goes rogue. And she has like she's probably like the most defining like the first person you look at in the shot but like everyone's dancing alone with headphones and she's just like she's really just dancing yeah she's going for it and it's hilarious like and you you can't even hear the music like you just see people like yeah. whacking around on like and whacking their limbs around on screen <laughs> in the forest and it was just like it's just like it's so absurd but it it's was so imaginative yeah it, and it just keeps going <laughs> like it you know it just it doesn't stop it just it keeps going <laughs> shall we uh, uh any closing thoughts about the lobster <laughs> the lobster i think is fantastic hold on let's look at that email let's did we miss anything <laughs> allison if you had to um, assign a fizz rating for the lobster and um and, and this ginger ale what would your score be so for the ginger ale because i can't really taste it at the moment, um, I'm gonna give it like, like a seven is safe. I'd say because I'd have to try it again. A seven out of hundred? Oh wait, sorry. <laughs> Tommy did the same thing. <laughs> I forgot the skill was out of hundred. How dare you forget? How dare you? Just, We're the soda society. <laughs> I just, I, immediately when you said rate, I was like out of ten, and then I forgot that it's the fizziness scale. Oh my goodness! Out of a hundred, out of a hundred, seventy. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'd give the lobster in the nineties somewhere. Wow, uh, that's maybe 80, uh, 80, 85 to ninety. Give me a number, two? Allison. I'll give it. I'll give it a ninety. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, that's great. It's like a, a movie that you really like. Yeah. Yeah. Is it your favorite your Yorkos film? 
No, I I actually like Dogtooth. Oh, yeah. I see, I see, yeah. I see. That one's about a dog. It actually and it's tooth. It, it, it has nothing to do with a dog. It has nothing to do with the dog's Wait, tooth. Yorgos really likes animals in his Lobster. titles. Lobster, Lobster dog, dog tooth, tooth, deer. Yeah. The favorite. favorite. Yeah, that's definitely an animal. Jinx. Jinx. <laughs> you owe me a soda. I said it first. Yeah, I know. that. I was just completely oh. the Never mind. Oh, so, okay. Lobster. I haven't seen it in a while, but it, it stuck around. So that, that, that means something. Uh, whether or not you care about these fizziness readings at all, I'll give the lobster a solid like seventy-eight. I think it's I think it's it stays fizzy in my mind. This ginger ale, I'm really torn because on one hand the ginger flavor is good, but on the other hand I just have the I've as with every podcast recording I always get headaches oh. and there's so much sugar in this. Yeah, where like I have to dock it some points for that. Ah, man. <laughs> 67. Hmm. Fair, fair. That's, that's all I have to say about that ginger ale and the lobster. Aaron, bring us home. All right. So ginger ale, I'm going to give a 90. Mm-hmm. Wow. Second favorite soda. That's true. Wow. <laughs> um, The movie, The Lobster, I'm going to give an 85 because I think it's, it feels like, to me, it feels almost academic. It's also very pretentious to say, but it, like, I don't know. This feels like it's like a learning experience, or someone's someone's take on a subject. They're analyzing this cultural thing, love, yeah. and presenting to you their thoughts. Um, so I think, yeah, there's a lot there. There's mm-hmm. a lot there. I like movies that you can unpack like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, eighty five. Nice. I also want to say that the lobster came out at a time where a twenty four was just throwing good movies out left and right yeah this is a24 I, I remember going to see like a movie every month with tommy and this is one of them during that like summer um yeah so when i was watching it, i just remembered the good old days oh shout out to a24 a24 is great <laughs> shout out to the good old days um i have a really really quick segment it's um it's uh which animal are you uh, so if we were in a lobster kind of situation oh man (laughs) and we had to choose our own animals what would you guys what would what would you all choose okay i'll I'll just say mine out loud okay i I think i would either be i I have two things i think i would either be like a like a panda like a big panda Uh or or a squid (laughs) okay Okay. yeah I, i like the idea of a squid I think I'd probably be like, like, a caterpillar. Just a caterpillar or a butterfly. Just a caterpillar. Okay. Or like an anglerfish. Oh, interesting. An Something fish. that can hide away and that you don't really see very often. I see. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the movie, they pick. It's not based on like personality. You know yeah. What I mean? So yeah. I would just go very practical. I don't want to get eaten. I see. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I would. Yeah, I don't want to get eaten either, so I would go with, like, a parakeet or a parrot. <laughs> really? Yeah. Just so you can still talk? Yeah, and, you know, I can fly around, see things, you know? I'm awesome. I, n- I never saw myself as, like, a water creature. Oh, uh, um, So, yeah, I want to, you know, fly around, see some things, maybe get the height I never did get in my human life. Oh. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Before we do Jared. Yeah. I want to point out the funniest part in the movie. Yeah. Um, he's talking to the blonde girl with the hair. 
at the pool. Oh, yeah. Like, Colin Farrell is like, oh, yeah, beautiful hair. Uh-huh. And then you find out it's her last day before t- she gets turned into an animal. Uh-huh. And then, um, like, a little sequence happens where she's talking to her friend and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then it cuts to the next day where she's turned into an animal. And she has a little pony. I remember that. With remember this that. long blonde yeah. hair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's so hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I like how that's the funniest part of the movie for you. <laughs> I do remember that sequence. I was like, it's going to be a pony uh, or, or a horse. Um, all right, Jared. Oh, oh geez. God. Jared. If Jared is... had his choice. He'd be a dumb shark. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till I am off the podcast. I want to see what you 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 fuckers do. Can you even have a podcast without me? <laughs> That's so mean. It'll but it's record- literally just like audio equipment. It'll be recorded on our iPhones, and we'll send you the files to edit. And that's <laughs> well, that'd be a disaster. Yeah. You know how hard that would be to edit. <laughs> do you know how hard it is to edit this podcast? <laughs> Jerry would probably be a shark. Jared would be a shark. Or he'd be a spider. I want it to be a fucking fox. Oh, yeah, a fox. I can imagine that. That's already his fursona, right? Yeah, his fursona. (laughs) Jared would not like us spreading this. (laughs) Like, he's fine with most things, but, like, furry stuff is like... (laughs) (laughs) Are are we doing Tommy? Oh, yeah, let's... Well, yeah, yeah, Tommy. Well, what do you think Tommy would be? Koala bear. Wow. Wow. That's pretty cute. I also feel like he'd be, like, one of those, like, meerkats. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. like a prairie dog like, t- like yeah. Tim- timba 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 timon timon timba my name is timba i totally merged names you know what i called simba's father the other day mumba mustafar i think i said musafa Musafa, that's, that's close. Yeah, that's that's close enough. Mumba, Mumba, my name is Mumba. Mumba number five. Got a little bit of lobster in my life. Get a little bit of dog tooth on the side. A little bit of favorites, all I need. A little bit of sacred deers. What I see. No, 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 no. That was really good, I thought, thank until you. the sacred deer thank part. Thank you, John. I appreciated that. This has been the Society. Aaron. Thanks for listening. Thank you Don't for listening. Don't worry about finding a partner as soon as you can because it's not a race. Loves the social construct. Bye. 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 Soda Society is produced by John Pacific and Friends for Friends Media. Our theme song is by Anonymous420 and The Blue Dot Sessions. Send us your thoughts at Soda Society Pod or Soda Society Pod at gmail.com. Perfect. One take. That's what we do here. One take. <laughs> <laughs>